Good morning, Victory Church. How you doing? So good to see you. My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the absolute privilege to pastor this church. And if this is your first time here, let me start off by saying welcome. We're so glad that you're joining us. And then let me just take a minute to kind of tell you a little bit about who we are. Here at Victory Church, we're about four things. We call them our four Gs, growing, guiding, giving, and going. You might have seen them on the walls when you walked in. We want to help people grow to know God help guide people to freedom, help give people the opportunity to serve in their purpose. And then last, we want to help people go and make a difference. And if you've been around for the month of July, this has kind of been the month where we really focused on our go value and where we've been kind of going and doing as much as we can in the community from serve day to 4th of July event to working at the food bank, so many different things. And it continues today. And I'm super excited to tell you about what we're doing today. But before I do, I want to invite Principal Wayne is in the house. All right, give, give, give a hand real quick for Principal Wayne. Principal Wayne is the principal here at Rock Springs Middle School, and, and uh, I just, you guys got to meet him. You got to see him. First of all, he's incredibly handsome, right? He's just a good-looking guy, um, but, but he's so, so, such a blessing to uh, Victory Church and to all that we're doing. Him and the teachers here at Rock Springs Middle, they're so supportive, and they've been from day one always doing all they can to help us, and whether it's being able to leave stuff up during the summer, uh, whether it's being involved in helping us in every kind of way. And so I want to do one quick thing. I want to give him a standing ovation real quick. Would you do me a favor and just stand up and thank him for who he is and what he's doing? It's incredible what he's doing. We're so blessed with him, so blessed by him. And uh, a couple things that we're not, I know we've, we might have some of the teachers. I know Miss Pinnell is here. And so if you're, if you're a teacher at Rock Springs Middle, would you stay standing for one moment? All right, come on, let's, let's honor them. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Uh, you guys being able to let us come in here and, and take up your space every week is incredible. And we wanted to go beyond, of course, we're going to be able to do something really special today and praying for them and praying for all teachers in general. But before we do that, we wanted to kind of, uh, Principal Wayne already knows about this stuff, but we wanted to kind of show you what you guys have been doing and, of course, show it to some of them. The first thing we were able to do is uh, they have like an area where you, if you're a student here, you can get tickets and for doing different things, and you can go and take those tickets to that room, and you can redeem them for things. And one of the things was they can do lunch on the patio with their friends. And I was talking to Principal Wayne, and he said, man, one of the biggest things is candy. Kids come and get candy. And so you already today are giving them thousands, I think it's over 2,000 2000 pieces of candy for that room right there they're going to be able to have. Um, And so that's awesome, but, but kind of our biggest thing that we were most excited about is a few months ago, we were here for kind of a Teacher's Week appreciation, and we got to set up, because of your faithfulness, we set up a, uh, a chocolate fountain area, and we were there, we were in the teacher's lounge, their actual lounge, and um, watching them and just seeing them kind of hang out together and eat together, and as we were sitting there, we were like, man, we want to spruce this up a little bit, right? We want, we want them to be able to feel like they're kind of separate from the kids when they come into their area, and so again, because of your faithfulness from not only the financial aspect, but so many of you uh, gave up of your time on the serve day weekend this past Saturday, even this morning, working hard, gave up your resources. We had people donate TVs and all kinds of things. And I think we have, I could be wrong, I think we have a before. All right, so this is kind of the before picture. Um, now, some of the before has got our kids in it, so just understand that. Uh, but, but we got a couple of the afters, I believe. Let's see how those look right there. All right, so check this out. So there's painting, redid the top, so you got new chairs, new tables. You can see over here, you got a little seating area, and so it's really beautiful, but listen to me, it's even more beautiful in person. And so first of all, whether you're a teacher here at Rock Springs or whether you're a part of Victory Church, after service, at some point, go check out 
uh, the teacher's lounge and the renovation that happened. So much of our team worked really hard. And as soon as you walk in there, it just feels, look at that, I got the little TV area for them and a done bathroom. It just feels great, the atmosphere in there. And so thank you, Victory Church. And again, thank you, Rock Springs Middle Teachers, Principal Wayne. Oh, incredible. It's such a great day to, uh, to be able to appreciate. So come back over here. We're going to pray real quick. Um, if you are a teacher in here, period, so whether you teach at Rock Springs Middle or you teach somewhere else, would you stand with me for a moment? This, this is a big time for you as we're getting ready to go back into the school year. Um, we are, what, weeks, two yeah. weeks away? And if any of them need a job. If you, if you need a job. <laughs> hey, even if you're not a teacher, if you need a job. I'm just kidding. Um, but see, that's, 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 that's working out for y'all. Um, but what a privilege it is to gather around them and to pray and to be able to believe for a great year here at Rock Springs Middle and of all the schools in Rutherford County in our area. So would you join me as we lift them up in prayer? Lord, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. And we thank you for these men and women who give of themselves every week. Every week, God, they work after hours, they work weekends, they work summers to be able to provide the best experience for the next generation. And Lord, we just know that you see that. And you want to bless them for it. And so we pray for the 2019-2020 school year. We pray blessings over every student that walks in these doors. We pray for every school as as we are raising up that next generation. Your word says teach them as they're young. You teach them in that way and they will not depart. And that's what every one of these teachers are doing. So we pray a supernatural anointing over them. We pray for their families. Lord, we pray for uh, their finances. We pray for every area that you would bless as they are giving of themselves. You are so clear in your word how important it was to pay attention to the children and Lord what they're doing and the way they're leading. I pray over Principal Wayne right now as he has so many responsibilities in this school alone that God you would just guide him, lead him, give him wisdom, give every one of these teachers wisdom and discernment as every student comes in. We pray protection over this building and over every school. Lord, we, we, we rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus. And we pray that as every student walks in, there'd be purpose spoken in their life. There'd be uh, a belief in themselves, Lord, and you would begin to show them who they are in your image. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we ask for your hand on every one of these teachers in the new school year. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Hey, one more time, give it up for Principal Wayne, all the teachers. Thank you again. Man, I just love, 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 love what we call here Teacher Appreciation Sunday. It's just one of my favorite, teachers are my favorite people in the world, and here's why. Because for about nine months of a year, I get to send my kids to somebody else for half the day, and everybody said, amen. All right, here we go. Hey, if you got your Bibles, open to the book of James, so it'll be towards the back of your Bible, the book of James. Um, We have been in a series called The Book of James, where we have been kind of expository preaching kind of down through the book, and we'll go through it verse by verse and apply it to our lives and different things like that. And so as you're turning there, we are actually in chapter 5 today, so this is the ninth week that we've been in it, and we will bring it to a close next week. So if you're here next Sunday, we will be able to say we have studied a full book of the Bible together, and so I'm so excited about that. To give you a little bit of update on James, he was the brother, half-brother of Jesus, pastor of the Church of Jerusalem, and many believe he was murdered right after he wrote this book or wrote this letter, and he would write this letter and then send it to pastors where, where many Christians were meeting in house churches, and they would break out the letter, and they'd read the letter, and people would gather kind of like this, and he was talking to Christians, and so he was kind of saying, this is how to live your life as a Christian. And so we've learned so many great things. I'm going to recap a little bit next week 
Um, and today we dive in no differently. Uh, you're going to be interesting. It's kind of interesting the turn James takes with this particular chapter, but we're going to start at chapter 5, verse 1, and we'll read 1 through 9, and then we'll go back and kind of break it down and apply it to our lives. So here we go. James chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your, clo- your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You've lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You've fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You've condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. But be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged, for the judge is standing at the door. James comes in pretty hot and heavy right off the bat, as you see with the weeping and the wailing and and all these things. But I want you to understand who James is talking to. First of all, James is talking to Christians. He's not talking to unsaved people. He's not talking to religious people. He is talking to Christ follower Christians. And so he can be a little bit more hardcore. But you also need to understand the culture of that day was this. The richer you are, the more God loves you. So that's what people thought in that day. So as James is talking, understand he's not condemning the wealthy, nor is he condemning wealth. He is simply saying, I want you to fully understand what that means and how it comes from God and the fact that there are priorities and responsibilities that come with wealth. And so again, he's not condemning wealth, nor is he condemning the wealthy. He's simply trying to explain and bring clarity to why we are or why we have wealth and what we are to do with it. I heard a story about a billionaire who found out, he went to the, to the hospital, found out he was sick, found out he was dying, had a few months to live, and he came home and told his wife, he said, listen, I have a few months to live, and, and when I die, I want to be buried with all of my money, every cent of it, every, every dime, I want you to put it in the casket with me, I want to be buried with it. And she said, well, honey, what about me, and what about the kids, and what about charities, and the church? And he said, it doesn't matter. I, I worked hard. I earned all this money. I want to be buried with every dime. And so months go by and eventually he does pass and and the funeral is happening and she's in the funeral and and his wife's sitting on the front row and she has this box in her lap and she's crying and goes through the whole funeral. She gets up and she walks over to the casket and she puts the box in the casket and and they finish the process. And while she was doing that, her friends saw her doing it. And so after the funeral was over, they went up to her and they they said, you know, hey, we, we saw what you were doing. You know, what was in the box? Is everything okay? You were crying. And she said, well, I didn't tell you all this, but uh, before my husband died, he made me promise that I would bury him with all of his money. She, he wanted every bit of it. And they're like, what? What about the kids? And what about, like, oh, my goodness. And they're like, you didn't do it, did you? And she's like, of course I did it. That was his final request. And, and I promised him I would. Of course I did it. I wrote him a check. <laughs> right? It's coming to you. It'll get, some of y'all get it at lunch. You'll be like, oh. She said, hey, if he can cash it, he can have it. You know what I mean? It's just how it works. How many of y'all know women are smarter than men, right? It's just, it's, 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 it's true fact, it's true fact. Uh, here's the deal, guys. Understand this. God always planned for us to have stuff. He did. He always planned for us to have stuff. If he didn't, he wouldn't have spent so much time teaching on generosity, 
okay? So he planned for us to have it. He just didn't plan for us to always hoard it. He wanted us to be able to share it and to be generous with it. So James is teaching us today how to handle being rich, how to handle being rich. And here's what he said. Step one is this. Start thinking rich. Start thinking rich. And in the very first verse, right, very first verse, he says, now listen, you rich people. And with five words, half of us checked out right there, right? Now listen, you rich people. You said, I'm not rich, so everything James is about to say doesn't apply to me. I'm out, deuces. Had James said, now listen, you broke people, I'd have been like, what's James about to say to me? But because he said rich people, he's obviously not speaking to me. I'm not rich. And we kind of back up. But the more I was reading this, I started thinking, what do I actually consider rich? Have you ever, have you ever just thought that for a second? Like, what, what do you what do you think someone has to do or have or be to be considered rich? M- money Magazine recently did a study of their subscribers. Now, understand this. If you pay money to be subscribed to Money Magazine, you probably got money. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know there was a Money Magazine. Uh, you know, I heard a Change Magazine, but I ain't got Money Magazine. Um, and so, so Money Magazine does this whole poll of their subscribers, and they come up out of their subscribers, and here's what they say. How much does a person have to have to be considered rich? And the poll they did came up to this, that an individual had to have $5 million to be rich. And I read that and was like, yep, <laughs> I'm not rich. Yeah, yeah, James wasn't talking to me. There we go. We just kind of back on. But then Gallup did another study, and check this out. They gathered people who made $35,000 a year. They gathered them, and they polled them and said, how much money does someone have to make a year to be rich? That group said $75,000, right? So then they went and got a big group of people who made $75,000 a year, and they brought them into the study and said, how much money does someone have to make a year to be rich? And they said $150,000. And so they went and found a a group of people that made $150,000, and they brought them, and they said, how much does a person have to make to be considered rich? And they said $500,000. And then they went and got people who made $500,000, and they said $2 million. And so here's what I've learned. You ready? None of us are rich. But we all know somebody who is, right? See how that works? Like, it doesn't matter. They they say rich people are in denial, is what they said. And here's what I'm learning. I'm learning that even we are in denial. One study said that if you made $33,000 in your household, if you made $33,000, you are in the top 1% of wage earners in the world. Can you imagine that? Which means if you make $33,000 a year in your household then 99% of the world makes less than you. Here's what that means. You ready? Literally, millions of people think you are rich. Millions of people think you're rich. You, you've got it made. you got rich people problems. You know what I mean? That, that's what they think about you. Like, it's beginning to think you're rich. Like, like here's the deal, right? And, and, and the more I hear that, I guess they're right, because I, I have an entire room dedicated to my clothes, right? And it's called the closet. And so there's a whole room. I, I got a house dedicated to my cars. It's called a garage. My, my garbage disposal probably eats better than, than, what, half the third world countries, right? Like, I'm getting it. Uh, uh, let, me, let me walk you through some rich people problems, okay? Rich people problems is when you have a working phone and you go stand in the line to get another working phone, 
and pay more money to get it, but it has better facial recognition. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's rich people problems. Rich people problems is uh, when, when your internet connection is poor. That's rich people problems, okay? Uh, when, when your food goes bad, that's rich people problems. When, when you go into a kitchen and you have a working stove and a working dishwasher and a working microwave and you tear it all out to put back in a working dishwasher and a working stove and a working microwave, that's rich people problems. Am I right? No, I'm not, I'm not dissing anybody. I'm just wanting us to be able to understand this right here. You and I may just be richer than we think we are. So what if James was talking? to us. The problem is we don't think we're rich because we don't feel rich. I, 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 don't, I don't feel rich, and so therefore I don't think I'm rich. And then watch this. I certainly don't practice being rich because I don't think I'm rich. And James says you need to change your thinking. You need to be able to practice being rich, so to be able to practice, you need to first think you're rich. I love the way Luke says it. Luke uh, chapter 12, verse 15 says, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's, watch this, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Here's what that means. Your life is not defined by what you have. Your, your life doesn't consist of the abundance of things that you have. You are not rich because of what you have. You're not rich because of an abundance. Hear me. Here's a better way to say it. You're not consumed by your riches. You should be consumed by the one who richly provides, okay? And so when we understand that, and I wrote this down because I really wanted you to be able to catch this. We are not considered rich because of the amount of stuff that we have. We are considered rich because we have more than we need, and we can use it to help others. You got to hear this again. You are not considered rich because of the abundance of stuff that you have. If you have more than you need, then you are rich. And you're rich because you can use it to help other people. That's pretty awesome. James says that's when we know we're rich, when we have more than we need, and when we have the ability to use it to help other people. So we need to start thinking we're rich is the first thing James says. Then he says this. Then we need to start practicing being rich. I just said this statement last Sunday, if you were here, we were talking about uh, practicing, like waking up and being excited about the next day, and I just said you need to practice being rich, and that, I could not get that statement out of my head all week. I feel like that's what God was telling me. You need to start practicing being rich. How many of you want to be rich? Anybody here want to be rich? Now you're kind of scared to raise your hand. You're like, I don't know, he just said I was rich. I don't know what to do. How, would, how many of y'all like to have $5 million? Okay, all right, there we go, a little bit better. If you didn't raise your hand... Why is the question, okay? And so the concept is here is, hey, if we want it, we should start practicing it, right? Because statistics say that most, most rich people aren't good at being rich. And so what we need to learn is that if God's going to bless us, we need to learn how to be good at it. If God's going to give us things, we need to learn how to operate in the right way with them. Because until we know how to practice it and do it right, God's not going to bless us with it. So James says start practicing being Rich, and he kind of gives us, if you followed, around, followed along with us in James, he gives us two lists, kind of a what not to do and a what to do. And so I'm going to show you what not to do in him, and I'm going to show you what to do in different verses in the Bible. So the first thing he kind of tells us what not to do is this. He said, if you are going to be rich and you're going to practice it, do not hoard greedily. Do, do, not, be, do not get it all to yourself, right? Do not, y'all ever seen the show Hoarders? 
Don't be that person. He, look what he said in verses 2 and 3. For your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. You've got so much stuff that it's rotting and, and moths are eating your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded and you have hoarded wealth in the last days. And so James is saying, hey, quit doing that. Quit hoarding. How many of y'all have a junk drawer? You know what I'm talking about? The junk drawer, you can't even open it. It's so full, it gets stuck when you're trying to open it. And here's the deal. You don't need anything that's in it. But you know you might one day. And because you might one day, you keep it. And James is saying that's the wrong mindset. Because we're just keeping things in case someday we might. I'm going to keep that shirt just in case I lose weight. And then I can wear that shirt. And I'm going to keep that shirt just in case I gain weight. And I can wear that shirt. You know what I mean? I just have options. I'm keeping my options open. And I love this thought the Lord gave me. The issue, watch this, isn't with how much is coming in. The issue is with how much stacks up. That, hey, look, that was worth the price of admission right there. The issue with wealth is not how much comes in. God doesn't care how much you make. God's only concerned with how much is stacking up. Here's what I'm learning about my life. If I have piles of it, it's a problem. If I have piles of clothes, that's a problem. I told Darla, I'm the guy, I could live with one bowl, one fork, one plate. You know what I mean? Eat, wash it, put it back up. I'm that kind of guy. And I'm just learning. Here's how I know when you have piles of it, there's a problem. You ready? I have kids. And their rooms are always a mess. And constantly, when I make them clean up their rooms, I hear this. I forgot I had this. Yeah, you little spoiled rich kid. You did forget you had it because you have so much that it's stacking up and it's piling up. And James says, and I love this thought, start giving while you're living because what you're holding is molding. There you go. I, I got to put a little wrap in there for you. Whenever, while you're living, give it away. Give it away. Why? Because anything you hold on to starts to mold. And so here's what James is teaching us. Do not be a hoarder. Instead, watch this. Here's what you should do. You should share generously. When it comes to your resource, and you got to hear me throughout this message, I'm not just talking about money. I am talking about money, but I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about every resource that you have, time, uh, of course, finances, clothes, anything. Here's, here's what James is telling us. Do not be the person who hoards it. Be a person who shares it. Right? Look what the Bible says in Proverbs eleven twenty four. 24. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly and comes to poverty. We can't understand this process. He's telling us that as someone gives, they keep getting. But when someone stops giving, they stop getting. That doesn't make sense to us in our culture, but this is the Bible, and this is what God is saying. I'm teaching you that if you will constantly be sharing, I will constantly be refilling you. But the moment you start to hoard it and say, it's just mine, it's mine, then God stops the flow. And James is saying, you're rich. And watch this. God wants to make you richer. But God wants you to be able to share it and impact other people. The Lord gave me an illustration for this this week that I don't know if it's going to change your life, but it changed my life, and I want to share it with you. Tuesday, we took our girls to Stars and Strikes in Smyrna, Tennessee. If you're not familiar with that, it's like a Dave and Buster's or kind of thing, right, where you play games and bowl and all that. So normally, if you go during the week or weekend, you can go buy a card for the video games. And so, for example, you can buy a $5 card, and then each game, let's just say it costs a dollar, and you go to the game, and you scan the card, and you play the game, and it takes a dollar off your card, and you can play four more games, and your card is trash. You throw it away, right? That's, that's the normal system. 
On Tuesday, which is a free promotion for Stars and Stripes, so they should give us a free day there. On Tuesday, for $10, you can get an unlimited card, okay? Now, here's the catch. You don't win any tickets. So as you play the game, you don't get tickets, but who cares, right? When you have a four-year-old and a nine-year-old, just go crazy. For $5 extra, you can add laser tag and bumper cars all day. Come on now, all right? So anyway, so I get this card, and here's what I'm learning. Normally, when I've gone, I've had the card with money on it. And so I'm real selfish with it. You know what I mean? Like I'll be playing and I'll scan it and Veda's like, and I'm like, no, it's my card. <laughs> you, you use your card. I've only got four more dollars left. I'm using my card. All right? So that's the kind of concept I was used to. I was kind of selfish because here's the deal. I had limited funds on my card. So I was selfish with it. Tuesday, this woman handed me this card. And she said, it's unlimited for 24 hours. So we, we actually left, went and got dinner, and came back and played that night, okay? And so I'm like, I can just scan it? And she's like, you, you, just, you just scan it. And so I went over to the game, and I just scanned it, and it was like, time to play. And I was like, play. And then I, like, reached over to where Veda was, and I hit her. It was like, time to play. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is unlimited. I became like the Stars and Strikes version of Oprah. I was like, you get a game, you get a game, you get a game, you get a game. I was running around. I didn't even know people. I was like, hey, you want to play this? Woo, there you go. All right. I would get on a game, start it, and just leave. I was like, there you go. Ah, blessed. You know, I'm just running around. Like, whoever wanted something, I would start. If I saw somebody playing, I would go up and give them credits. I'm like, one, two, three. All right, you can play for three. People were like, who, who is this? Like, this is the Stars and Strikes Santa Claus. Like, what is happening right now? And I was just running. I was having, I would start a game and stop it. I'd be like, oh, this game's boring. And I would go over to, it was crazy. I was all over the place just giving it out left and right, left and right. The only reason was this. It was unlimited. And I knew it was unlimited. So I was wanting everybody to get some. Right? I, I, I can't spend it all. So everybody This is what God is trying to teach us about resource. As long as we view it as limited, then we're selfish with it. I don't want you to have some because it's limited. I'm going to run out. And God says, no, no, it's unlimited. If you'll just give it, if you'll just go and give. Listen, you can't use it all if you tried. And I'm, I'm learning this about God. I'm learning that the more I'm generous, somehow the there it is. It's like it's just more there. And James is saying that's what it means to be rich. It doesn't mean to have a collection of a lot. It means to be able to impact so many. And so I'm learning this process. Another thing James says is this, what not to do. Go ahead and hit me with that next slide real quick. It says, do not handle it deceitfully. And he went on to say in verse 4, look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. Here's what was going on. There were Christians who had employees working for them, and the system was they would work all day and then get paid at the evening. And so he was saying, you Christians are actually not paying them what they deserve. You should be giving them more than what they deserve, and you're not even giving them what they deserve. And James says, here's the mindset we got to get away from. You ready? The issue is we are thinking that if it comes to me, then it must be for me. That's our mindset. If it comes to me, then it must be for me. And James says that's not the case. Instead, you should distribute it honestly. Look at what 2 Corinthians said. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Here's what I love. God rewards a life that gives. He rewards a life that gives, and he blesses a life that shares. So watch this. 
Instead of thinking, if it comes to me, then it must be for me, James says what we need to be thinking is God wants to get it to me so he can get it through me. So you're not thinking, if it comes to me, it must be for me. You're thinking, oh God, let it come to me so that it can get through me. See what I mean? That's what James wants to teach us. Last thing he says is this, what not to do. Hit me with that, that third slide of what not to do. Do not spend it selfishly, James 5.5, 5, for you have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence and you have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. He's saying, look, God didn't give us stuff so that we can just sit there and get fatter and fatter and fatter on it. Hypothetically, he's not telling us to just sit there and consume and consume and consume and consume. That's not what it's for. What is the more for? And here's what he says the more is for. You need to steward it wisely. Look what Matthew chapter 25, 21 says, well done, good and faithful servant. Watch this. For you have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. So many of us want to be in charge of many things, but God says you need to be faithful with a few things first. I was out with Nick. We were having dinner, and he was telling me about an allowance system that him and Leona have put the kids on. And they get a certain allowance. If they're good, they get a certain allowance each week. And then he said they have three envelopes. They have a save envelope, a give envelope, a tithing envelope, and then a spending envelope. And I just thought, I was sitting there listening to that, blown away. He's already teaching them how to steward money wisely, right? That's, that's how you steward it. And the more you steward it wisely, the more God gives it to you. When you learn to take care of whatever you have, guess what? You get more. I had a cool moment where I kind of saw God in me for a second, and I'll explain it to you. So um, a few weeks ago, our kids got some money, and they went out and bought, both girls went out and bought the little coin purses. You know what I'm talking about, like the little zip? You ladies, y'all have them all the time, like your wallet, I guess is what it is. And so you just kind of zip. They both got a little, one had a unicorn on it and all that. And they were saving money, and Casey Ray started saving her money, and it was just change. Like she would find change on the floor. Like she was at somebody's house today, and she was like, I found change. And I'm like, you can't take other people's change. Like I said, I don't think it works that way. Uh, but if you see a dollar, take that. And so, um, so she's putting all this stuff. And so, so anyway, so we're talking in the bedroom one day, and Veda needed $5. And so Casey Ray go, goes and gets her purse and starts opening it up trying to give her $5, okay? This is the sweetest thing in the world. And so she's pulling out change, and she's just got, like, pennies and nickels and dimes. And so she's over here counting, boy. And she's not counting. She doesn't know how to count. So she's like 5,163. Her, her favorite number is 218. So she'd be like, 218, 218, 218. I'm like, at some point, it's got to change. And so, and so she's going through it, and it's obvious to me she doesn't have enough. And it's starting to see to her, I think because of Veda and because of Darla, she's kind of picking up on like, I don't have enough. So I'm sitting back watching this, and it is the absolute sweetest moment I've ever seen in my life because she's four, and she's this tall, and she's just kind of, you know, going through her change. And so I'm sitting there watching this, and I look over here, and Darla and I have, y'all probably all have this, like, the jar where you put spare change in, you know? You just do it randomly. It's probably 30 or 40 bucks in there. I don't know. And I see it, and I'm watching her, and I see it, and so I go over and pick up the jar, and I come kind of stand behind her, and I'm just watching her for a second, and she's like, you know, one, and, she, and you can kind of see, like, she's looking at mom, kind of like, I don't have enough, and I just reached over, and I just poured that whole jar of change out on her, and she was like, I believe I could fly, you know, and it's just kind of falling off, she's like moving her hair, change is falling off everywhere, you know, it's just this beautiful moment, but it was such a sweet moment. I was just, I, it was so, it felt so good to do that for her. It, like, I, I, there would have been nothing in this world I would have rather bought with that money than to pour that money out on her. It was just beautiful. And I just felt the Spirit of God say, that's me. 
And when I watch you trying to be generous with your money and you're trying to figure out how it's going to stretch, I sit back with this endless amount just waiting and excited. Watch, not, not guilty, not forced, but excited to be able to pour it out on you because I already know you're going to turn around and pour it out on somebody else. This is how God created us. He said, I want you to start thinking rich so that you'll start practicing rich so that I can make you rich. And you know me, I don't preach prosperity messages. You don't come in here and I say, if you pray, you get a car. I don't, I don't do things like that. But I, I can't argue what the word of God is saying. We are just going through the book of James. I didn't pick to, if you're here today for the first time and you're like, I knew all they talk about is money. I didn't, we chose eight weeks ago, we were going to talk. I didn't choose this to come up today. God just wants to tell you something. That he wants to bless you so much. But it's, it's, it's not that closed hand that does it. It's the open hand where God says, I'll make you rich if your concern is to make others rich. Because he's so, listen, the Bible says he owns a thousand cattle on the hill. Which means he's got all he could ever, he does not need our money. He doesn't need it. He could bring a, a billionaire right down and write me a check, which, God, if you want to do that, today would be a great day to do it. By the way, great day. Don't have to tear down. I'd give another dollar to Prince Wayne. It'd be great. And so God will do those things, but God is looking for people who are passionate and generous to be able to connect other people, right? I, I had a, a, the attitude that makes your action. There's an attitude that goes with your action. Here's the attitude. You ready? I want everybody else to have what I have. Ooh, if we can get there. Sure, God, I'll take whatever resource I need, but I want everybody else to have what I have. Amen? I want you to listen to this thing I wrote down, and if this would be a great time for you to write this down and to get this sown in your heart. We are rich when we are both able and willing to put our stuff in circulation for the cause of Jesus to impact others with no strings attached. I know that's a lot to swallow, but listen to it. We are rich. Are you rich? No, I'm not rich. We are rich when we are both able. We are both able. Listen, if you can't pay your house note, I'm not telling you to walk out and give your first paycheck away, all right? When you, when you are able and you are willing to be able to give what you have for the glory of God, so that it can go into circulation, watch this, and impact people that you don't even know. You don't even, it's not about your glory. It's not, it's not, this isn't so that you can get praised and oh, they're so generous. It's so that God can get the glory. I'd rather somebody go, where did this come from? And be able to go, it must have been God. Because obviously, guess what? It was, because that's how I got it to begin with. So when it can go into circulation and to be able to impact other people with no strings attached. Mother Teresa had a quote that I just love. She says, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters that create ripples. Here's what that means. The enemy's been telling you all morning, man, your generosity isn't going to change anything. And listen, your generosity might not change the world. I get it. But you can start ripples with your generosity that will lead to other ripples that eventually change the world. See what I mean? So, so you start thinking rich, then you start practicing rich, and now you can start living rich. It's interesting if you saw in those verses, those nine verses, James kind of took a turn and started talking about the return of Christ and eternity. 
And I thought that was interesting because we're talking about being rich now, and James is talking about being rich eternally. We're thinking being rich while we're here on earth, and James is talking about being rich forever and ever and ever. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, don't store up your treasures here on earth, but instead store them up in heaven. He goes on to talk about how treasures on earth, they'll, they'll be eaten and, and corrode and beaten by moss and they'll disappear, but nobody can touch your treasure in heaven. And I started thinking about this, and I saw this illustration before. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the concept is this, that the part of this rope that you see that's green is the life that we're living today. So let's just say this is 100 years, which not many people make it to 100. I was at a funeral the other day where uh, the lady was, had made it to 94, which is a very, that's, that's incredible. 94 is a long time. So let's just say this is 100. This is the life that you're living right now. That's, that's what this is. And then this is eternity. All right, Tim, I'm going to give this to you, and you go walk. Hi-ya! You go walk straight. You just keep on walking. There you go. So stretch that out for me. So, so this is eternity. This is today. This is the time we're working with now. This is eternity. And so here's what Jesus is saying. Don't be concerned about being rich here. Be concerned about being rich here. Don't be worried about where your finances and the impact and what your, how much you can stack up. And no, Don't be concerned about that here because this is but the blink of an eye. Remember, James was talking about this a couple weeks ago. He said it's but like a vapor. It's just, just a short amount of time. And so listen to me. We're not rich when we're rich here. We're rich when we're rich here. Let me give you an example of the two. We have done so much as a church recently. I haven't even had time to announce something you did recently, but let me work into this illustration. Many of you are familiar with the store Five Below. My kids, we go to Five Below a lot. Um, Tim, you can go ahead and drop it and come back, but I don't want you to have to spend all service back there. Um, we, we take our kids to Five Below a lot because it's fun to be able to say you can get anything in the store, right? Isn't that fun? Hey, anything you want. They don't know. They don't know the cost. I'm like, hey, daddy's rich. You can get anything you want. Just pick anything out. You want a poster? Get it, girl. You know, you can get anything you want. So much fun. And we go there a lot of times, and they buy a lot of toys, and a lot of those toys end up in their bedroom hidden, and it's the toy that they go, I forgot I had this, okay? Uh, just recently, through Empowerment Incorporated, a ministry that we support with Ms. Janelle Douglas, you, because you're so faithful, you bought 100 backpacks for kids in the local Nashville area. You bought it, and her and her ministry took it, and st- they went and bought them from Five Below, and they stuffed them with school supplies. And did that already happen? Did they already give them away last weekend? Last weekend, they gave them away. So 100 kids got backpacks filled with school supplies because of your generosity, all right? So listen to that. That's great. We're doing so much here, I forgot to announce that. How about that, okay? And so here's my point to that. The the toy for my kid, that's being rich here. The backpack for a kid is being rich here. Now that kid may, may never come to Victory Church, but it's not about Victory Church. It's about them being impacted and finding somehow, some way that it goes back to being God's purpose that they got the backpack. And so here's what James is saying, church that we, first of all, are already rich. We just need to realize it. Second of all, the reason we're rich is not for us, it's for other people. 
And when we start to understand that, we're not consumed with being rich during this time frame, but we're consumed with being rich in this time frame. The Bible talks about how when we get to heaven, we'll receive crowns. There's another verse that talks about everything that you do while on earth will be put to fire and things that don't matter will be consumed and things that matter will make it to the fire. You know what won't make it to the fire? The last toy that I bought my kids from Five Below. I think God is going to allow the fact that we bought backpacks for kids that we'll never see be able to make it through that fire. It's, an, it's a richness in eternity. Talks about the crowns. Here's the quick question. Would you rather have a crown now or crowns later? But what I love about the Bible is it says that we will then take those crowns and then we'll cast them at the feet of Jesus. And here's what that means, that it doesn't matter how rich I am, when you compare it to Jesus Christ, it's nothing. And so James says, why are we trying so hard to be rich for this time? Wouldn't you much rather be rich when it comes to the glory and the purpose of Jesus Christ? Amen? So you and I have to first start thinking rich. So don't ever again say, I'm not rich. You're rich. You just need to start practicing it. And James taught us how to practice it. You don't hoard, you share. You steward it. You handle it right. And then I promise you, because of that, God's going to move you into a place where you start living rich. And you'll be able to impact people. Can, can I share this real quick? And then I will promise I'll pray and we'll be done. In, in one month, church, you gathered under a tent and you gave out candy and painted faces to hundreds if not thousands of people that didn't do anything for you. And then we went and gathered at the food bank and we packed groceries that went out to people that we'll never see. And then Saturday, many of you came up here and you sweated your tail off as you landscaped and uh, renovated a teacher's lounge. And then some of you took uh, treats to firefighters and policemen, people that may never even come across your path. Today, you're giving candy and backpacks and, and more ministry to people. It, it, this is what it feels like to be rich because we're both able and willing to use what God's given us to be able to help other people. That is what it means to be rich. God designed us to share, to give, to be generous so that we could help other people have what we have. Everything that you have, God gave you. But he didn't give it so it could stack it up. He gave it so that you could give it out. Everything that's coming to you is to you so that God can get it through you. Lord, I thank you for who you are, your word, your faithfulness. I thank you for a church that's so generous and Lord, this message is not a slapping hands message. It's an encouragement message that says, hey, you're already doing it. Just keep doing it. Lord, I continue to hear testimonies of people who are sharing what you have done in their life financially because of how much they give to you and your kingdom. And I just thank you that in the middle of all this teaching that James has done for the church, he doesn't get away from the concept of being rich in giving. He says, hey, hey, wait a minute. Now listen, we're Christians and we're supposed to watch our mouth and we're supposed to not have favoritism and we're supposed to be able to resist temptation and we're supposed to enjoy persecution. But in all of that, we need to understand that we are made rich in God and we're rich in him to be able to help other people. There is no better currency, God, than loving other people. 
So continue to form that in us and make that who we are as your children, a church and a people. Yes, in the church, but when we're in the Starbucks line or when we're at home, Lord, if somebody needs something, we give it to them. If we drive by someone whose car, their tire's flat, we fix it. If someone needs a lawnmower, we give it. We're generous people serving and loving your children in the name of your gospel. Thank you for bringing things to us. I pray you'd still allow us to get it through us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen.